welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my uh, girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Groovy Carol? <laughs> hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It's March 22nd, 1997. Spring has sprung. What do you think? I love it. I love the sun. Yeah? I hate the I snow. love the sun. Do, do, do. Okay. Just mock me. You hate what? Snow. Oh. Don't you? Sometimes. Sometimes it's okay. I don't like shoveling it. I don't like driving in it. Yeah. I don't like being cold. What about snowball fights? I mean, they're fine. They last a few minutes. It doesn't make up for all the rest of it. What about ice forts? No, I've never done one of those. Have you? No. I mean, kind of, only, so I used to live in a condominium where behind it was a church, and the parking lot of the church, one time, we got a lot of snow, a lot of snow. It was probably Mm -hmm. like a foot of snow, and the snowplow came through the parking lot of the church and, and basically piled up all the snow against... One of the walls mm-hmm. at the back. And so then it was kind of easy to just dig out right. places to sit and stuff like that. So that was the one time I did it. Other That's cool. Than, other than that, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I respect the, what are they called? I know Eskimo is not a uh, Inuit? politically correct term. Yeah, there you go. Inuit. I respect the Inuits for making those igloos. It's not not, not, not easy. I would imagine not. One time, when I was really little, I mm-hmm. fell off the porch when there was a lot of snow into a pile of snow that was above my head. Oh, my gosh. It was frightening. I bet I it was hated scary. it. Yeah. One time, I knew a dude that made an igloo. He decided that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to live in an igloo. <laughs> okay. And he made an igloo, and we threw him a housewarming party, but the house. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. This is what I live with, people. Yeah. So I haven't been reading the news very much this week because I've been playing a lot of video games. Tell them what you've been playing, Mark. Nintendo 64. The 64th Nintendo that they built, I believe, is what it stands for. Yeah, I don't for. know why they, like, where do they come up with these numbers? Why don't they just do, like, one, two, three? It's a 64-bit graphics. That's why. Oh. See, Shut it up. started off with eight bits. Mm-hmm. That was the... Nintendo Entertainment System. But they didn't call it Nintendo 8. No, they didn't. And then Super Nintendo was 16-bit graphics. Mm-hmm. And then 32 was something. I don't remember what. I don't know if Nintendo actually had a 32 thing, but somebody did. And then I remember TurboGrafx-16? No. I think that's maybe what started it. That was a, uh, a video gaming system. Turbo Graphic 16. Yeah, I've had, never heard of that. They had Bonk. Okay. That was a game. A good guy. Sex game? What? <laughs> bonk. It was a dude with a big bald head. Ooh. So kind of a sex game. Yeah. Right, right. No, uh, <laughs> it was a dude with a big bald head, and he it was like a caveman guy, and he would like uh, bang people with his head, like bash what people the with fuck? his head. What, what, That's what? how he beat them. Why why would you he make beat, a game he like beat this? Characters to death with his own head. That's disgusting. And there was Keith Courage. 
Just like a knight type character. Did he kill the uh, bald headed dude? <laughs> he cut his head off. All right. Put it on a spike. Ew. Uh, <laughs> what kind of games were you playing? So, anyway, I've been I've been, been doing a lot of video gaming with friends for fun. I'm profit. Uh, <laughs> no, not profit. But anyway, so there. The one thing I did see is there's a comet screaming towards Earth. Oh God, are but, we gonna die? No, and I mean it's not really. Well, one day, but it's not really. <laughs> It's not really uh, coming towards. Well, it's coming. It's going to pass by us. We're going to get to see it. We're going to get to look up in the sky and see. It's called the Hale Bop Comet. Okay, that's another interesting name. Almost like Bonk. I think it's named after the Bonk Comet. I think it's named after the two scientists that discovered it, Hale and Bop. Bop. Somebody's name is Bop. That's what you're trying to fucking tell me. Bop. Yeah. Alrighty. So anyway, uh, that's all the news I have. We got to get ready for that. So maybe we'll we'll live report when the when the comets passes by Earth. We well, it's see. really not possible for us to live report anything because it's just you know fucking tapes. But that's true. Well, we'll make a tape. We can tell you about it. Pass later. it out immediately. <laughs> maybe we'll have a uh, a live show. You can all come and see us. And we'll just sit with microphones. And, you know, radio radio people will do that sometimes. They'll come to, like, a restaurant or a sporting event, and they'll set up their booth there, and they'll, they'll record their show live there, and people can sit around and watch them. And, oh, they can hear you sneeze. Oh, excuse me. It's the spring. You can't be sneezing anymore. Yes, I can. I'm allergic to everything. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, this is the sneezing season for you. So they're going to come hang out at like Ramshorn or Big Boy or something, and we're going to talk. That sounds weird. I don't like it. Okay. I mean, I appreciate I you guys, us. but I don't know if I want to like See, you're dressed you. in such a nice outfit today. You got a nice dress skirt on or whatever. and uh, That's for your eyes. Uh, I know. Your eyes only. And I appreciate Oh, okay. <laughs> now you could just take that off then. It's for my eyes only. Anyway, so Not she's doing recording. it, folks. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but speaking of inappropriate Yes, comments, speaking of inappropriate, yeah. We watched a movie. Wow, yeah, it was quite the thing. So, yeah, it wasn't the thing, though. No, it that's was a, That's a not. better movie than this. We, we watched Liar Liar. I hate Jim Carrey. What's is it, it like the world is so in your face about Jim Carrey too? He's in like every fucking movie. I feel like we've re- we've reviewed every movie he's been in. I think we have. I mean, Cable Guy. Um, we didn't watch Mask. We didn't watch the Ace Ventura sequel. Well, no, because it was too bad. He threw up in a bird's mouth, and I was done. Okay, I was yeah. done. Yeah. And and yes, we did Ace Ventura. We did the Mask. I think we did Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, and Dumber, yeah. We did the cable guy. Mm-hmm. And now this, Liar Liar. Oh, and we did that fucking Batman movie he was in. Yeah. Yep. So, the cable Why guy... Why is he in so many movies? I don't know. Everybody fucking loves him, but he's an asshole. I mean, like... <laughs> he's not funny. He does overact. And, well, like... Like Susie Kurtz sells him. Right. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan at all, and I'm kind of done. Like, I don't want to watch the next movie he makes. Cable Guy was all right. 
Yeah, I liked Cable Guy. Despite him, not because of him. But this movie. That was Ben Stiller's masterpiece, Cable Guy. We watched Reality Bites, too, which is another, another Ben Stiller movie. Yeah, I like anyway, those movies, apparently. So, <laughs> there are some complimentary things I have to say about the movie. Okay, like what? Not, it's not a lot, but there are some complimentary things. Should we do the compliment sandwich where I give the movie a compliment and then I shit on it for an hour and then we, can I close with another compliment? Sure, let's protect the feelings of the movie people. Okay, so there are a couple, especially side characters, that are quite humorous in this. Susie Kurt, Kurtz is ruined. Not ruined, but wasted, I think. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. What is happening? I'm right already now? derailing myself and going into wow. criticisms. Okay. His secretary, I think, is very good. In the very small role that she has, she's very good. And I, I she's been in other things and I can't I don't know her. She's one of those those old people. Okay. She's an, old, she's an older white haired lady. She's got a very proper voice. I, I see her as a school teacher. I don't know if she was a school teacher in another movie or not, but anyway. She uh, she has this one like why are you looking at me like I'm insane? Did you do? Did I hallucinate this woman? Do you not remember her from the movie? Because I just like to fuck with you. So anyway, at one point she's like, "Okay, disappoint mom." You know, like that line was funny. The way she said it was funny. She has good comedic timing, yeah. and a dry sense of humor. Sure, there's a compliment. Okay, the rest. This movie is so fucking weird. This might be the weirdest Jim Carrey. There are some things that are somewhat humorous in this movie. So, like, the, the premise, let's just give them at yes. least the premise before we get, keep going here. This, is, um, yeah. the, this guy is a lawyer. Yeah. He's divorced. Yep. He has a son who is turning five in this movie. Yeah. And the he's an asshole. Who, like, keeps making promises to his kid and breaking them. Yeah. So, when the kid blows out his birthday candles on his cake, where his dad is not there at his party. Fifth birthday. He wishes that his dad could, for one day, not tell a lie. Which, like, does not solve the problem. Of his dad being uh, an asshole. An absentee father. Who cares more about work and stuff like that than he does about his child. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem with this movie is the poorly worded birthday wish. <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense and it's not really fixing the problem. But in a child's mind, you could see why he might think that that was okay. Yeah, I get what the kid meant, but that's not what happens. No, I agree. <laughs> it's the kid's fault. It, it could have been better. It could have been done better. <laughs> You should be a you should be a magical wish coach. <laughs> now here's what you need to do: right. break down your father psychologically. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, this movie is predicated the the plot of this movie is propelled by a child's wish. Yes. So you would think, <laughs> with me saying that, that oh, okay, Mark and Carol went out to see. A family movie. Jim Carrey being irreverent and crazy in a family movie because the whole movie's premise is based on a child's wish. But then you would ignore the fact that 
He uh, misses his child's birthday so he can fuck his boss. Mm -hmm. Uh, He it's very clearly implied that he had an affair on his wife, which is what broke their marriage up or several affairs. Yes, I liked that line in the movie. Don't forget when we were married, I didn't have as much sex as you did. Yeah. Then that's that's actually very cleverly written line. It's a way to to give us all the information we, we would need in a very realistic way. Yeah, it's the best way to write exposition. And it's, you know, treats the audience with some respect. But that's the probably the only time they do that. And then there's a part where uh, he walks into a elevator with a very busty woman and starts making uh, sucking noises yeah. at, at her breasts. That is not telling the truth. That's being a dick. Well, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of inconsistency with what is the truth and what isn't the truth and what's telling the truth and not. Because it's not only that he has to tell the truth, it seems he must blurt out everything he's thinking. Right. Which is dumb and not truthful. Correct. It's mean. And he, at one point, he goes to ask a question and he can't finish the question and then he, this is clunky exposition, where he just flat out says, oh, I can't ask a question if I know the answer is going to be a lie. But then almost immediately after he is able to ask questions mm-hmm. where he knows the answer is going to be a lie, he just interrupts himself to object to himself. So there, the, the movie is very inconsistent yeah. with the rules. It's weird. But anyway, my point is the tone of this movie is all over the place. Is the movie there's there's elements of this movie that are clearly meant for a family audience. There's elements of the movie this movie that are clearly much more adult. Right. It's and it's not like sly cartoon humor where it's like, "Oh, there's a reference that'll go over the kids' heads and that's just for the parents." Oh, yeah, no, it's very in your face, all of it. Yeah, all her, the boob, time. her boobs are very in their in your face. <laughs> but it's like I don't understand it. But I I don't get it. Who is this movie for? I mean, like, just like with the sex with his boss, he's on the phone with his Mm ex-wife while his boss is, like, raping him, basically. Yeah. She's about to put his kid on the phone. Yeah. That's a terrible situation. And he's like, oh, my boss is really riding me. Like, that could have been, (laughs) that could have been one of those comments that goes over the kid's head, but we get it without showing her straddling him and ripping his clothes off while he's saying it. Right. And that's the thing is like, I, there are parts of this movie that are, are very kiddie that are way too kiddie for an adult audience. And then there are parts of this movie that are way too adult for a kid audience this movie is for no one. Yeah. People with, with traumatic brain injuries? I don't <laughs> understand. It's very... It's Maybe teenagers. Maybe teenagers because of all the boobs and... But this, the, the kitty parts, I think, would be too... Like, maybe like just harkening back to that couple of years before when they really cared about their parents or something? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who Jim Carrey's audience is, but it's not <laughs> us. No. I know that. Oh, my God. He is... I understand... I mean, here's the thing. I don't like physical humor that much. Right, me I'm either. I'm not into slapstick humor. I don't like the... What you can call it? The... Uh, candy bar? Yeah, I don't like the candy bar. What you call it? Because it's so renowned for its physical acting. <laughs> 
The Three Stooges. I don't like The Three Stooges because I don't like slapstick comedy. I think it's dumb. And I never really liked, what's his name, Richard, not Richard Lewis. <laughs> That's the Boku commercial guy. Boku. Uh, you don't remember that? He used to do juice commercials. Boku. No. He's a stand-up comedian. Uh, who am I thinking of? Martin and Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Okay. I was never a big fan of uh, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> okay. Gee, are you laughing because the reference point I gave myself was the 1950s comedy duo of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis? Well, you are a grandpa, so should we expect anything less? I don't think so. So he reminds me, Jim Carrey reminds me a little of Jerry Lewis, and I never really liked Jerry Lewis that much. Okay. The very kind of stuff, Ugh. you know, and it's not funny to me. And there's a lot of that in this movie. There's a lot of, almost as much as The Mask, yeah. there's a lot of him basically like, and it's like, it's not funny. Yeah, like he's struggling to say stuff, and, and then he's just awful. <laughs> like, it would be better if he could just had to keep his mouth shut. That'd be fine. I could deal with that. <laughs> they just showed his sewed his mouth shut. Right. If it was like on our on our other show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where a uh, the magic witch yes. uh, like covered his mouth completely, a big uh, patch of skin right over his mouth. <laughs> Be perfect. The perfect Jim Carrey movie. He can't speak <laughs> or move. Oh my god, he'd be he'd be he'd be crippled. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to do anything. But <sighs> now compliment sandwich there are times there's a few very very small moments in this movie where i think he might be a good actor or he might have the the beginnings of being a good actor when he allows himself to be small Mm -hmm. instead of big and boisterous when his when his son is basically telling him he's a fucking asshole <laughs> and he doesn't say anything, just the look of wound and hurt on his face. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I see the depth of emotion in him Yeah, and it works. And there's a couple lines that he has that are very small and subtle humor where he's just saying a joke, basically just, Timing. No physicalness, no over-the-top voice. His own voice, just sarcastic. Like when um, he had given his son a baseball glove for his birthday. Yes. And he's walking off with his ex-wife's boyfriend, talking about how they're going to go play baseball. And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm glad my gift brought them together. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. That was funny. Yeah. He's funny when he's not... I mean, not to completely hamstring string, string him or strung him or whatever. Uh, he could do a movie. If he did a movie where it was mostly that, like 80%, 85%, that kind of subtle humor, I'd give him 15% of, like, you know, right, going, right. going nuts. And it would hit more. Well, I think that was more what the cable guy was like. Yeah. And the little crazy parts would hit better and be funnier if there were less of them. Yeah. I agree. And then that's, I think that, and, and like I said, there were times I really felt the emotion between him and the, the son. And I was, I was like, is he actually a good actor? 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess you got to give the kids some props, too, because you felt it from him also. Very good kid actor. Yeah. Kid actor. <laughs> uh, Carrie, as you mentioned, Carrie Elways, you mentioned yeah. uh, the the new boyfriend. Carrie Elways is uh, is really uh, hamming it up, struggling to do an American accent in this movie. <laughs> what kind of accent does he usually have? He's, he's British. He's, huh. He has a British accent, and you can hear it very clearly. <laughs> Interesting. There, there's a lot of time. I noticed it a lot. There, he's struggling to, to get this American accent down. He is not good at it. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go to to Boston." <laughs> <laughs> he just can't do it. But yeah, he's really. Uh, it's funny though. Oh, he was on the Princess Bride. I don't remember him sounding English. Oh, uh, are you serious? No. He used his own accent in that movie. <laughs> really? There's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. <laughs> to be, you know, ashamed to whatever, you know. Whatever I didn't really says. notice the accents yes, in that movie. Yes, he okay. has a British accent. All right. And he has a British accent in Robin Hood Men in Tights. She's he, in. I didn't see that one. Uh, he was in Twister. Yep. He didn't have a British accent in Twister. No, but he also kind of struggled through his American accent. He was in Hot Shots, but I, he he was doing, going for a very over the top, almost Jim Carrey like, but it was like a kind of accent, you know. Ew. So it's a lot easier to do, um, you know, that kind of thing, right? But yeah, it was very funny to, to hear him. To like, you could hear the Britishness just come out as he's speaking. But he's playing a very weird character. Yeah. Is this the weirdest? St- stepdad or potential stepdad character you've ever seen in a movie no i think he i mean he tries too hard obviously with the kid but the kid seems to really like him he seems to be doing all right there the relationship i thought was weird is him and the mom oh yeah who are supposed to be you know uh in love ish i guess yeah. well he's in love played by moira tierney from news radio yeah shout out <laughs> but like he's moving away and they're just going to keep along pretending like nothing's happening because that's what they're doing, which I think is weird. Yeah, because he's still coming over to hang out yeah. and everything. She knows he's he's the administrator of a hospital and he got a admit, hospital administrator job in Boston. They're in Los Angeles, so completely across the country. And yeah, they're just going to keep dating till he leaves. Which is weird. They should have had the breakup conversation already. And he, just broke up. They've been dating for seven months, which is not a long time. It's not. I mean, it's not long. It's not super short. But. No, it's not short, but it's not long. It's. It's. I actually, I think that was the best decision in the movie is having them be dating for seven months because it's the perfect in between. But he decides then to propose that she and the kid move with him, and then acts clueless as to why it might be a problem to take the child away from his father. Right. But he has me. Like right. what? Yeah, and he's like, oh, but he doesn't really see him and stuff. And the thing is, is like he's not. A, he's a deadbeat father, but he's also not a deadbeat. He's, he's a good dad when he's there. He just. He, I don't think so. He okay. Well, we can talk about it. I mean, he does. He does uh, in front of his. Well, I guess the son's not quite there, but he does say to the. He does question the wife about if she slept with Carrie Elways or not, which is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, what that, a weird thing to say to your ex. They have a weird relationship. And well, it's I think it's there's supposed to be hinting that there's still feelings there between them, I guess. 
I guess. But I mean, like, you wouldn't ask that even if there were. Right. But anyway, so he he seems to me like he's a good dad when he. Oh well, yeah. There's that one scene that kind of implies that he's not a good dad. I guess you're right. I, I know when he can't I know lie. Going he says, "I'm a terrible father." Like he's a terrible father. Yeah, that's true. He really like. And like I said, he's an absentee dad even when he's with him because he's working even when the kid's there. He didn't even buy him a birthday present. His secretary did. Yeah, baseball stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's work-obsessed because that's that's apparently the thing that's that every dad is suffering from now. Right. Because <laughs> you think about Jingle All the Way and uh, the Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, that's true. There was, I can't remember. Probably, I'm sure, other non-Christmas-themed uh, movies. <laughs> but, but, yeah, they do portray a lot of dads like that in the media. You're right. So, yeah, that's the, you know, he's work-obsessed. My dad wasn't work-obsessed. My dad was a stay-at-home dad. My dad was work-obsessed. <laughs> My dad was always working. Hmm. Sorry. My dad was who they wrote this movie about. Gotcha. Ah, uh, yeah, my dad was a very physical actor as well. Um, <laughs> but, no, so... That like yeah he's he's an absentee dad but still it's it's weird I think he proposes marriage Carrie Elway's proposes marriage to Moira Tierney and says hey let's move across the country together too soon probably maybe but I mean the, he's in a situation where he has to do it now or he's going to lose her yeah um, and she doesn't say no she says i don't know if it's a good idea because of my son and then she like kind of leaves up in the air let's talk about let's see blah 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 and then they end up getting on a fucking plane together let me ask you a question is she a good mom or a bad mom i don't think she's a very good mom either because she says yes to carrie elways to go to boston and leave jim carrie behind because she's mad at him because he says he's gonna meet her or go somewhere or whatever there's a he disappoints her as well in a few different scenes in this movie mm-hmm. when he says he's going to do something but now it's through no fault of his own that he can't i wouldn't and say that. she doesn't believe him well it's stuff that's happening to me he's telling the truth at least right but so she does this because she's angry at him not because she loves carrie always you can see on the plane she very much does not want to be doing what she's doing. Yeah, she's like getting drunk on the plane in front of her kid, which is not great either, by the way. But my question is this. Is she doing it because, not because she wants to, but because she thinks this is what's best for her child? Yeah, I think that's what's happening. Because she says, I'm taking him where you can't do this to him anymore. So, so doesn't that make her a good mom then? Because she's sacrificing her own well-being and happiness to... For, because she thinks it's better for the child? I mean, it's wrong. You can't be miserable and a good parent at the same time. That's why all those people in bad marriages that stay for the kids are fooling themselves. Right. Because you're not doing your kids any favors to be in a bad marriage around them. But don't you think that's what she's trying to do? She's trying to put him first? I guess. I mean... I, I don't know. I think she also is thinking about herself, too. I don't think she's think she's going to be miserable or something. 
Right. Well, she looks miserable on the plane. She does not look like she love, loves Carrie Elways. He says, I love you. And she goes, thank you. Thank you. He's like, not the response I was uh, hoping for. He goes, he goes, not the response I was hoping for. <laughs> and she says, thank you very much. Yeah, which is really messed up because why are you getting married if you haven't even said I love you? Right. And have they? We don't know. It hasn't been established if they have or not. Well, I mean, I would assume. We know they've been fucking. That's yeah. all. I would assume that they hadn't. Otherwise, why would she not say it back? And why would you be like, oh, not the response I was hoping for? Like, yeah, you don't have a true. hope behind it unless it's the first time. Yeah, okay. Good point. But I think that should definitely come before Will You Marry Me? They've been, yeah, I agree. They've been dating seven months and they haven't said I love you yet. That's a problem right there. Yeah. Mm. That's not, that's not love. That's just sex with Carrie Elwes. <laughs> and, not a um, solid relationship. Yeah. And then Carrie Elwes tries to steal the claw from uh, Jim Carrey's character, which I think is bullshit. You don't do that. You don't take somebody's special thing with their kid and try to make it yours. <laughs> right. What the fuck, Carrie Elwes? Like, I liked him okay until that moment. I guess. He did. He, he, he plays awkward, weird stepfather figure in a really good way. Yeah. Gary always is a really good actor, despite the fact that he can't do an American accent. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I... And then, so the movie ends, eventually. <laughs> There's one scene, the one scene that works with him being crazy, and if they had kept it to something like this that would have been a lot better is when he goes into the boardroom mm-hmm. and for some reason, the woman that he slept with his boss is trying to get him fired. Like she overhears that he can't tell a lie and just believes it. For well, some she, reason, no, she saw him being unable to tell a lie a couple different times, I guess, but she tucks him into the boardroom with the rest of the board that he's supposed to be trying to impress and tries to fuck him over because he said that he's had better sex? Yeah, she, he, they had sex, and she said, was it good for you? And he says, I've had better. Which is not, that doesn't mean it was bad. I mean, it's not what you want to hear. No. That's certainly not, like, a nice thing to say. Right. But. So, anyway, he ends up roasting the boss and all the people in the boardroom and the boss thinks it's hilarious. He's like, oh, I love a roast, you know, and he goes through and says what he really thinks about everybody. And they all take it as a roast, which is weird because it's not really like a roast because it's it should be jokes based on reality and not just reality. Right. Not just telling someone their toupee sucks. Yeah. So well, and then he stuck it to the wall, which was nasty. Right. But anyway, so that that was a scene that worked for the premise of the movie. The other scene that worked for the premise of the movie is when he gets pulled over by the cop. And the cop goes, do you know why I pulled you over? <laughs> yeah. Which is something they always ask. They always ask, yes. Because they're trying to get you to admit uh, fault, by the way. That's a trick cops use. Because <laughs> uh, you don't have to say anything. You, just, you, you have still have the right to remain silent. You can just be like, and give him over your, your information. But because he can't lie, he goes, recounts everything that he did wrong. Including his unpaid parking tickets. Right. But anyway, so those are the two parts that really work with the wacky premise. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just should have been a lot. It should have been a lot more subtle, I think. Yeah. It would have been better that way. You mentioned that you had some stuff you want to say about the courtroom scenes, too. Well, first of all, so this movie gets the law very wrong. Right. 
they have a a case where uh, Jennifer Tilly and her breasts are divorcing because uh, she's wearing a very revealing outfit. Well, not very revealing, but very cleavagey outfit. Mm-hmm. She's divorcing her her husband, or they're getting divorced because she cheated with seven different guys. And another subplot that would go over kids' heads, and a lot of this movie is courtroom stuff, yeah. which would go over kids' heads. That's true. And so, anyway, they play a tape at one point with her uh, having sex, fucking a dude. Yeah, that's another thing I forgot that happened. This can't be for kids. No, but it's too, way too immature for adults. And they brought her children into the courtroom, and then they played that tape. Yeah, ridiculous. It makes me want to vomit. But so she, uh, they come up with her defense in like a day or two days, and then the trial's the next day. First of all, that doesn't happen. They go to they go to the pre-trial stuff. Hey, is there going to be a settlement? Uh, blah blah blah, all this stuff and everything. And they're like, no, we can't do a settlement. Okay, uh, trials uh, tomorrow. And it's like, nope, that doesn't work. That's not how it goes. The, the law is not that fast, right? Then at one point they're talking to a to a um, private investigator that followed her around. And he's like, oh, I got several photos. And he just takes them out of his coat pocket and hands them over. And she's like, oh, okay, here you go, judge. And I've got a tape, too. And she takes out of his coat pocket. That's not how evidence is introduced. Right. Evidence just doesn't get materialized from some dude's pocket. It's like, oh, here, take a look at this. There's discovery. Both sides can see it. He sees the stuff, hear the stuff. They know what's going to be presented at uh, trial. It's ridiculous. I don't think that stuff was a surprise. But that's not how it gets presented. It gets bagged. It, it's already been seen by everybody. You you introduce evidence through witnesses. You can absolutely do that. But they don't handle it. They don't take the photos out of their pocket right. and be like, hey, here's this. They're in a bag labeled as the evidence, and everyone agrees, okay, this is the true evidence. Nothing's being monkeyed with. Nothing's being. He could have pulled any pictures out of his pocket. Yeah. And then how would you have known? Right. So, yeah, that's not how evidence is, is handled. You don't just, you know, it's already been sorted at that point. Um, and then, you know, he comes up into the well. The, every every courtroom thing does this, though. He comes up into the well, which is the area where the stand is by the bench and comes right up to the stand. You don't do that. I would imagine not. No, a bailiff will tackle you because <laughs> you could... Uh, attack somebody somebody could attack you they don't they don't do that you stand near your your desk area right you don't wander around through the but they they do that because in a movie motion is good instead of yeah. just standing you know stationary but anyway um that that was, those were the biggest things that that i found well and then the way he wins the case yeah is ridiculous by proving that this woman was 17 when they got married. Jennifer Tilly, yeah. But, and they're saying, okay, so the prenup is null and void because she was 17 and she couldn't be in a legal contract. Which, then they were never fucking married. Which I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if that's true or not, by the way, honestly. He says, I, I would, I'd have to look up particular statutes. Right. But he says that because she was 17, she couldn't legally enter into a contract without her parents' permission. But it's like, I I don't know if that's true or not. I feel like there are uh, extenuating circumstances. 
I'd have to really look into it. That's I, there are times when people under um, eighteen, usually starting at around sixteen, I think, can actually sign contracts. Okay, recording contracts, things, things of that nature, and everything without a parent sign off. So I don't know if that's actually true or not. But like you said, marriage is also a contract. Yeah. So if she couldn't get, if she couldn't sign the prenup, then is are they also not legally married? Right. And so then they're saying, okay, so she is entitled to half his stuff because of the prenup, but she wouldn't be entitled to half his stuff because they were never fucking married, in my opinion. Unless they have like common law marriage in California and they lived together for more I, than yeah. seven years, but nobody mentioned that. No. So. And I don't, that's what this movie needed was to get bogged down in common law. <laughs> um, but then she says, by the way, this is a series of bad endings because then they, she wins the case and she's like, okay, now I want fucking full custody because I'll get 10 more grand a month if I get full custody. And Jim Carrey's like, but you said he was a good dad and, and everything. And, and she's like, fuck him and fuck these kids. And she's like, don't touch them. You haven't paid for them. Which when the guy when the when the guy tries to hug his own kids, it's awful. And it's just implied that this law firm's so good, she's probably going to get what she wants. And like this fucking poor dude got cheated on, and now he's going to lose his children. And there's no resolution to that. Yeah, Jim, Jim Carrey's thing is like he goes, "Oh, I think I got fired because I told my boss off. So maybe I'll start my own law firm." But we never see that. Yeah. So did he? We don't know. It I mean, flashes forward to a year later. We don't know. I assume so. He's actually there for his son's birthday. So, yeah. No explanation for why this wish worked either, by the way. Yeah. Is the kid just magic? Well, I don't know. He didn't magically get rollerblades the next year when that's what he wished for. Maybe it was his golden birthday. What? You know, you know what that is? No. That's when you turn the age on the date. So, like, your birthday is the 26th of the month. So when you turned twenty six, you turned twenty sixth on the twenty on the six. What? When you turn twenty six on the twenty sixth, then that's your golden birthday. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Mine's the 29th, So when I turn twenty nine on the 29th, then I'll be that. That's that's the golden birthday. If you turn, if you're fifteen on the fifteenth, that's your golden birthday. Maybe his birthday was the fifth. Maybe He's turning five. You get so, one. You get one wish that that works. I feel like we'd know about that if everybody got that. But we'll see. I, it's probably better if there's no explanation. <laughs> right. There's no reason for there to be an explanation. It the explanation is a shitty movie with a shitty premise and a shitty ending. There you go. Well, he, Jim Carrey and Moira Turney get back together. Yeah, which is ridiculous and unearned. Now, completely unearned. At no point did they. She clearly still cares about him because she keeps bending over backwards for him. But there's at no point does he redeem himself Mm -hmm. for his infidelity or what a shitty husband and father he was. Yeah. And like, oh, everything's just good now. So like, how do you forgive somebody for cheating on you a bunch? What happened to Jennifer Tilly's kids? Yeah, I want to know that too. I just want to know if they're okay, though. I don't want to know if they're not okay. She gets $11 million. Fuck her. A bunch of people did. And she'll get to continue that lifestyle now. Yeah, exactly. Her poor babies. Congratulations, Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's the movie. That's the episode. I wouldn't go see it. No. 
No, no, don't. Will waste we your boycott time. the next Jim Carrey movie? Yes, we will. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> You'll be doing an episode by yourself. All right. Well, uh, Carol, tell the people all the stuff they need to know. So check out our website at www.retroleapfee.com. Write us at latefee1994 at awl.com. And tell your friends. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.